COH, I'm grateful for this day and for the ability to share uh, the gospel with you today. And today I want to share with you from 2 Kings, the 6th chapter, the 24th verse. In 2 Kings, the 6th chapter, the 24th verse, it says, um, Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cob of seed pods for five shekels. If you would allow me to go run down uh, to that sixth chapter, towards the end it says uh, that the king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And now chapter 7 says, Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A say of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. My brothers and sisters, I want to share with you uh, today, if you will, on the topic, on the thought, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Let us pray. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this moment that is yours. Now, God, use me in this moment. Speak to me and through me. And we believe, God, that somebody's life shall be changed because of what they hear in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Don't give up on God. Now, interestingly enough, I had planned a different sermon title or, or, or just a, a shorter sermon title. Uh, initially, uh, the sermon title I had been working with was Don't Give Up. And as I've been thinking about Don't Give Up, working through Don't Give Up, when I was reading and navigating this scripture and this text, what I realized is oftentimes when we say don't give up, uh, that really is putting too much onus on us, that is putting too much responsibility on us. And there is a need for us to be able to have a stick to there is a need for us to have a determination. But at the end of the day, uh, the strength comes in the power of don't give up on God. Uh, that's right. I, I want to talk to you today a little bit about the reality of overwhelming situations. Talk to you about circumstances that really are too much for you. Talk to you about circumstances that really are out of your reach. Talk to you about what happens when you're dealing with something that really is too much for your own power. And it's in these kind of situations that I want to tell you, don't give up on God. Here in 2 Kings in the 6th chapter uh, that we find ourselves in this 24th verse, we find ourselves uh, dealing with the king of Israel. And the king of Israel is dealing with the fact uh, that King Ben-Hadad of Aram, the king of Aram, had laid siege to Israel. He had laid siege to the city, and as he had laid siege to Israel, uh, what ends up happening is uh, uh, that, that, that he had laid siege and a famine came over the land. It was an overwhelming situation. It was so overwhelming, and it had lasted so long uh, that in this scripture, or you will find a, a woman who goes to have a conversation with the king and dealing with the fact that uh, he, she and this other woman ended up eating one of their children. I'm talking about they've gone to cannibalism, that the siege has gone on so long, the famine is so deep, that everybody has given up and that, that the prices of things have gotten so much and folks have given up. But I've come by to let you know that even in the kind of a situation in which things have lasted for so long and things are so overwhelming and things are just beyond your grasp, uh, my word for you today is don't give up on God. 
There's somebody watching me today. There's somebody listening right now. And the issue in your life you're realizing is that you don't have enough to handle it. I'm talking about not just you don't have enough to handle it. The people in authority don't have enough to handle it. It wasn't just the woman didn't have enough to handle the situation. The king didn't have enough to handle the situation. The city didn't have enough to deal with it. And in the midst of that kind of a situation, that kind of a circumstance in your life. My word for you today, I can't say it enough times, is don't give up on God. One of the first things you've got to understand is you're not going to give up on God is you've got to learn to look to God, not at God. Look to God, not at God. Uh, that as you look at the scripture, what you will find is that the king of Israel, the king goes and, and he goes to Elisha the prophet. He goes to Elisha the prophet and he's upset. The, the, the scripture says that he goes to Elisha the prophet and he's so mad. He says that he swears by God he's going to cut Elisha's head off. He goes to Elisha the prophet. Elisha realizes the king is up to no good and won't even let him in his house. And says, what does the king want? The king says, this disaster is from the Lord. You know, a lot of times we end up blaming God for stuff that's really not necessarily God's to blame. A lot of times that we put on God a lot of stuff that is not necessarily totally on God. But what is interesting to me is the king is blaming God. He said, this disaster is from the Lord, uh, but he's not blaming Ben-Hadad or, or he's not blaming the people of Aram. The, the people who are laying siege, he's not blaming, but he's blaming it on God. Uh, he, he's not dealing with the fact that he's not blaming his lack of preparation and the fact that uh, his city did not have enough to be able to handle a long-term siege. Uh, he's not blaming his lack of preparation and, and, and his inability uh, to get allies like the Egyptians or the Hittites uh, to be able to come and fight for him in the case of a bad situation. The, the, in, in other words, that the, the, he puts all the blame on God when there's a whole lot of blame that can go around. There are a whole lot of people, a whole lot of circumstances, whether it's the people who are laying the siege, whether it's his own poor leadership, that whatever it is, but he sits there and he puts his blame on God. And, and a lot of times what happens is that, 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 that the king sat, and in this situation, he looked at God as the source of his problems instead of looking to God as a source of his deliverance. And I've come by to talk to somebody today uh, to tell you that you have got to stop blaming God for all of the bad things that are going on in your life, and you've got to start looking to God as the deliverer out of your horrible situations, that I know you may find yourself in an overwhelming situation and a lot of times folks will sit there and, and, and look at God and say God why would you let this happen God why would you do this to me God why would you bring this towards me God are you mad at me God what's your issue with me uh, but I've come by to try to redirect you and uh, to get you to stop looking at God as a source of problem and look to God as a source of deliverance if you look at the scripture what you find is the king sat there and he blamed God, said, this disaster is from the Lord. And Elisha uh, sat there and had to shift his perspective. And Elisha said, look, by this time tomorrow, God's going to flip the script. By this time tomorrow, God's going to turn everything around. By this time tomorrow, what seemed to cost so much is going to cost a little bit because God is going to have done something that blows your mind because God is not the source of your problem, Mr. King, but God is the source 
because of your deliverance. And I've come by to tell somebody who's watching me right now that God is able, that God is willing, and I believe that God is going to be doing some transformative moves in your life. And if you're watching this, I believe that the word of God for your life is God's about to do something big. God's about to do something that can blow your mind. God's about to do something so big that it's beyond the realm of your imagination. Stop looking at God as a source of your problems, but look to God as a source of your deliverance. Uh, the second thing I want you to understand and be clear about that we can learn from uh, this king, that we can learn from this situation, is that access to power doesn't mean you have access to power. Yeah, I know that don't sound seem to make sense, does it? I said that access to power doesn't mean you have access to power. If you look, when the king goes and has this conversation with Elisha, that there's a guy, there's an officer that the scripture says whose arm the king was leaning on. In other words, there was an officer that was close to the king. There was an officer that had access. And this officer, when Elisha said that God was going to turn things around in a day, the officer says, look, if God opened up the floodgates of heaven, uh, they they couldn't be able to handle this situation, this problem. It's too big. It's interesting to me because here you have uh, Elisha uh, representing God uh, talking to the king. You you have these two uh, major players in it. uh, But then here you have this officer. He's not the king. But yet, when Elisha gives the word from God, uh, this officer wants to speak against the word that Elisha is giving from God. Uh, This officer uh, somehow finds it in himself to be able to talk so big and so bold to Elisha uh, when, in other words... uh, I remember back in the day uh, when grown folks was talking and, and I was young that if grown folks were talking and I got up in the conversation, had no business in the conversation, they'd be like, sit down, boy, grown folks is talking. This was a grown folks conversation, but this brother, because he felt he had access to power, thought he had access to power. And, but the reality was that even though he was, even though the king was leaning on him, it did not mean that he had the access to the real power because the reality of this situation was the king didn't have enough power to get Get them out of the situation. Elisha was the one who had access to the real power. You see, this guy thought he had access to power because he had access, uh, he had connection, he had the plug to the king, and the king was this worldly power, but the king didn't have what it took to get them out of this situation. The king didn't really have the power that this officer thought the king had. Uh, but here you have Elisha who has the connection to God. Here you have Elisha bringing a word from the Lord, but because this guy thought that he had access to the plug because he thought that he was connected to the king. He felt like he could run his mouth against Elisha who had connection to God. Let me put it in a different way. I learned a lesson uh, with my first house. I learned a lesson with my first house uh, that when I got in my first house, uh, there was a day in which I was in the house and all of a sudden the power went off in a part of the house. The power went off in a part of the house um, and, and, and I called my father and I said, hey dad, the power was gone out and I remembered lessons that my father taught me my father said, well, son, you've got to go down to the breaker box. 
And if you go down to the breaker box, uh, what you've got to do is that uh, sometimes your circuits can get overwhelmed uh, by all the power you have going to them, and the power can go out. But if you go to the breaker box, uh, that you can flip the breakers and reset them, and it can turn the power back on. And so any times in that early house that I, I had issues and the power went down or the power went down in a certain area uh, because it flipped the breaker, I would just go down to the breaker box and I would be able to reset it and flip the switches and the power would come back on. I thought I was somebody. Man, I thought I was doing it. I thought I was getting it. I thought I knew what I was doing because I, I knew well, uh, that I had access to where the power was regulated. Uh, but there was this one day that the power went off in the whole house. And I went down to the breaker box and I just started flipping switches but nothing came back on. Uh, I started flipping switches and, and nothing reset. I started flipping switches but the power still stayed off. But then I looked outside of my window and I realized that the power just wasn't off in my house but the power was off in the whole neighborhood and I realized in the whole region uh, because the issue was I thought I had access to the power when really I just had access to the breaker. But I needed access to the power company because the kind of the, the kind of blackout that just happened, uh, that, that whatever I did at the breaker wasn't going to be enough to handle this situation. Somebody here today, you've been trying to get close to the plug or who you think is the plug, but they don't got enough power to handle the situation you're in right now. Uh, you got somebody that can handle uh, if, if the power goes off in the bedroom or somebody who can handle if the power goes off in the kitchen. They, they, they can flip the switch in the breaker, uh, but you got to get somebody who's got connection to the power company. You've got to get connection to the source that Jesus, my God, is the one that can be able uh, to give you the strength and the power uh, to get through what you're going through right now. But the third thing that I'm up out of here is you've got to some understand that sometimes people on the outside make the most noise. Uh, people on the outside make the most noise. When I look at the scripture, you've got to remember there was this great uh, siege and this great famine and, and this great overwhelming situation. Uh, you've got to remember that the king sits there and, and, and tells Elisha that it's God's fault. Elisha tells the king, no, by this time tomorrow, God is going to deliver uh, all of us out of this situation. And then if you continue in the scripture, what you'll find is there were four lepers on the outside of the gate of the city. Uh, these lepers weren't even on the inside of the city because if you understand leprosy back then, leprosy was a disease that you were considered unclean. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't go uh, uh, and interact with people that you had to be in your own leper colony, your own place, your own situation. And so you find these four lepers outside of the gate. They're not even inside of the city. They're outside of the gate. And these four lepers have a conversation with themselves and they say, you know what? It's a rough situation. It's a bad situation. It's a bad circumstance. And, and, and the lepers say, so it, 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 either we're going to die here if we just do nothing. So we might as well go to the Arameans camp and turn ourselves in. Either they're going to kill us or they're going to take care of us. But at least we're not going to starve right here. And the Bible says at dusk, they started to head to the Arameans camp. Now, what is mind-blowing is the Bible says at dusk, they start heading to the Arameans camp. When they get to the Arameans camp, the people who have been laying siege on this city, it says that all of them are gone. Now, what happens that all of the Arameans are gone? Well, what's mind-blowing to me is it says at dusk, the lepers started making their way to the Arameans camp. 
but it also says that at dusk uh, that God made the Arameans hear a sound that sounded like an army that was coming. And the Arameans were sitting there and a sound of a mighty army started coming their way. And the Bible says that the Arameans said, oh my goodness, the king must have paid the Hittites and the Egyptians to come and to fight us. And the Arameans just started running. They left everything they had right there. I'm talking about they left everything and they just ran as fast as they could to get away because they heard this great army coming. Okay, y'all missed that. I said at dusk, the four lepers started making their way to the Arameans camp. But then I also said at dusk, the Arameans heard the sound of a mighty army that God was able, Lord have mercy, to be able to use the footsteps of the four to sound like the sound of a mighty army. And so I believe that for every step that they took, God made a sound. That for every step that these lepers took, that God made a sound. And as they made their steps, that God made their sound sound like a mighty army. And here the Arameans are, they sit and they run off because they hear the sound of a mighty army when really it's just four lepers coming to give up. And I've come by to encourage somebody because here are these lepers. These lepers weren't next to the king. These lepers, the king wasn't leaning on them. These lepers weren't connected to anybody in the community. These lepers were on the outside of the gate. The lepers had the least in this society, but yet and still it was the lepers who God used. That I don't care what your situation is, what your circumstance is, what your problem is, what your concern is. I've come by to let you know that even if you've got a little bit, God can make you sound like a lot. And God can cause your enemy to go running and leave you everything that you need uh, because all you've got to do is take a step. Uh, I, I, I bear witness to somebody, this is your week to take a step. You just take a step and watch God make a sound. You just take a step and watch God fight your battles. You just take a step and watch God obliterate your enemy. You just take a step and watch God bring you prosperity. Just take a step. I know you're on the outside. I know that you don't have much. I know that the situation is overwhelming. I know, but don't give up on God. I know you feel like giving up on yourself, but even if you give up on yourself, don't you give up on God because God can take your little bit. God can take your outside of the wall self. God can take your in the midst of having nothing self and God can be able to make a sound when you take a step. So I'm challenging you this week, just take a step. I, I know, I know the economy has fallen to pieces. I know you've lost your job. Take a step and start working on the business plan. I know, I know that you uh, are going crazy sitting there trying to homeschool them children, but take a step and just affirm your child of who they are and who God has called them to be. I, I, I know, I know that the situations in your life, your finances, your relationships, everything is falling apart, but take a step and trust God to be able to make a difference. And I believe that God will turn it all around. Don't give up on God. At dusk, they took a step. And at dusk, God made a sound. And the victory was theirs, and they didn't even have to fight. They, they didn't have to fight. All they had to do was step. Somebody, that's your word. You won't even have to fight. All you've got to do is don't give up on God. Take a step. Trust God. You know what's interesting to me? 
interesting to me is that the king's officer who talked all that stuff, even if God opened up the floodgates of heaven, it wouldn't be enough. He never was able to participate in the victory that he ended up dying, getting trampled by the people going to get their blessing. Don't get so caught up saying what can't happen that you miss what's about to happen, that you miss the move that God's about to do. And it's going to happen sooner than you think. My brothers and my sisters, one of the first steps you can take is to give your life to Christ. One of the first steps you can take is to join the church. One of the first steps you can take is to rededicate your faith. If you're watching today and you want to give your life to Christ, and the Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you want to give your heart, your life to Christ, Today is your day, and we just want to get connected with you. Right there in the chat room, won't you just, just click, I, I want to give my life to Christ. If you want to make a decision for the Lord, either to give your life to Christ or to make this your church home or, uh, or, or to just rededicate your faith, uh, the, 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 right, there in the, right there in the chat room, a link will appear, and you can click that, and we want to get information from you. Or if you can't, don't have access to click in the chat room, uh, just type hope decision, one word, hope decision, to the number 474747 and write to your phone. A link will come up. Hope decision to 474747. Give your life to Christ today. Make Community of Hope your church home. Or just rededicate your faith. But today's your day. Click that link or type hope decision to 474747. Now look, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you've decided to give your life to Christ or to rededicate your faith or to make this your church home, I just want to pray with you. We're believing uh, that in this moment, you're making the best decision of your life. Take a step. Watch God make a sound. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And today, I ask Jesus to come into my heart, be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So today, I thank you that I'm saved. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer, if you either gave your life to Christ or rededicated your faith or joined this church, please uh, just click the link in, in the chat room or be able to just type Hope Decision to 474747. Text Hope Decision to 474747. We want to be able to follow up with you. We want to get you plugged in so that you can grow to be all that God has called you to be. Now look, don't y'all forget that we got all kinds of good stuff happening this week, that we've got the debate watch party, we've got the debate forum uh, coming up. Man, we've got, uh, um, uh, man, all kinds of, Dr. Wendy from the Real Housewives of Potomac is going to be with us for the debate and for the forum. We've got Tatiana Ali. You all know her as Ashley Banks from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, amazing actress who's had a great career. But uh, however, please connect with us this week. We've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, to be able to do. You also have time. Uh, remember uh, that we're actually having 
uh, groceries, free groceries today um, at the Iverson Mall from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. I'll be able to get on out there for free groceries. We want to be a blessing to you. Now, if you haven't been able to give yet, there are still time for you to give. We'll be blessing your giving. A dollar sign, give COH on the, on the Cash App or the Givelify app or uh, any of the ways that you have to give. And we've got so many different ways uh, that they'll put there on the screen. But please, uh, we thank God for your giving. Now let me pray for you as we go forward in this week. And remember, make a step. Make a step. If you are not registered to vote, you still have a chance. Uh, next Tuesday is the last day to get registered. You still have a chance to get registered. Why? Because uh, voting is a step. And watch God make a sound. Voting is a step. Watch God make a sound as we get victory. Let me pray for you. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day, for this moment, for your people. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide now henceforth and forever among these your people. In other words, God, may you walk with us, may you talk with us, may you live in us that we can live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless your community of hope. Take that step this week and watch God make the sound.